Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network from MetLife Stadium. The Miami Dolphins podcast network is all here. OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank. Yours truly, Travis Wingfield, the host of the Drive Time Podcast. And guys, it was a successful MetLife takeover. The Dolphins come to New York, take over the stadium, and take their third straight win. Juice, initial thoughts on the 24-17 victory for Miami. Hey, man, just win, baby, right? Just get a win. Find a way to get one on the road, especially within the division and and playing against the Jets, man. It's always tough, man. Slow start for both teams. Uh, We started picking it up a little bit uh, defensively, obviously, and then get some scores late, man. But, you know, it's always tough. Travis, when you go on the road, man, and, you know, both neither team are playing very well this year. The Dolphins are starting to catch their stride a little bit. And it's always like a situation where you start reading your own press clippings, you beat the Texans, you know, you beat Baltimore, and you face the Jets. You look look for a a letdown sometimes, and guys did not do that today. Went out there and handled business like you're supposed to on the road, get yourself a little seven-point win and get back on the plane and go home. you got to love seeing the Dolphins' offense close that game out there late with 25 rushing yards, a couple of big passes from Tua to Smythe, and then Tua again to Jalen Waddle for a huge conversion to keep the chains moving. A nice six-and-change-minute drive there for the Dolphins to kind of put things out of reach there, Seth, at the end of that game. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's what you want to see in games that, you know, you, you think you should have won coming into it, right? Sure. Look, here's the bottom line, guys. We're on a three-game winning streak now. You know, this has been a rough season. Seven straight losses was tough to swallow for everybody. 50-something days between wins. Yeah. But now that's three in a row, and it feels pretty good, and you're coming home for three more that you get to play in front of your home crowd. So, and, and Juice, you know this as well as anybody. Anytime you get to go to New York yes. and beat the stinking Jets in their stadium and then fly home as winners, you feel pretty good regardless of what it looked like on film. Especially when you get to be up on stage with Solo D rapping the Fish Tank theme song. I don't know if anybody out there saw that. but Maybe the here. highlight of the week. I mean, the MetLife takeover does week. not disappoint. If you're a Dolphins fan, if you have not been out here for this, rectify that next season. It's incredible. Igor and Michelle, the folks over at Slattery, is a fantastic weekend yeah. of just aqua and orange Dolphin painting the town NYC. here in NYC. Fantastic to see. And also fantastic to get that victory out of the way and get back on that plane like Seth mentioned there. But, Juice, back to the defense here real quick. We saw them kind of come out hot, and the, the Jets moved the ball pretty well, but I think thought coming off of what they did last week to Lamar Jackson, I thought the Jets actually adjusted pretty well to get those quick outs and just kind of take that free space in the passing game. And they really didn't surrender or succumb to any of the pressure the Dolphins put on this game. Yeah, one thing we, they knew about Joe Flacco is he's not going to squeeze the air out of that ball. You know, we had some 
free blitzers get there and, um, you know, didn't get home in time with the quick out game that they had. And it's just well played. You, know, you think about some of the young guys that might have played, Mike White or Zach Wilson, you know, those guys might have held on to a little bit ball, the ball a little bit longer. We might have gotten there and created more turnovers than the one that we got when we did, when Joe did hold on to it a little bit long and turned into that interception, fumble recovery, whatever it was by Christian Wilkins. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they know for a fact that, you know, it's a good game plan for them to give Joe Flacco the opportunity considering all the heat we put on these last couple quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor, who's a mobile quarterback, we beat him up a little bit. We contained Lamar Jackson last week. So what you do is you put a guy in that's going to just get back there and, and get the ball off in time, and that's what happened. But you know what? Our guys were able to make tackles most of the time, and they made enough tackles. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Christian Wilkins. It, it did go down as a fumble recovery because he was hit before the ball was, was moving forward, so Brandon Jones gets a forced fumble. And I don't know if you guys saw the picture on the Dolphins' Twitter, but there's a great still shot of Christian Wilkins pinning the thing to his helmet. I retweeted <laughs> it and called it David Tyree Part 2. We're actually in New York this time around. Just a little bit of fun there. I wasn't trying to compare anything to the Super Bowl. But then he went and fumbled <laughs> it too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. We had two fumbles recoveries on that play both of them real big Javon Holland gets to pad the stats there as well but speaking of stats we talk about Joe Flacco he played pretty well 24 for 39 291 two touchdowns no picks and just the two sacks but guys so did that Dolphins quarterback after an early mistake 27 for 33 for Tua Tungavailoa 273 passing yards two touchdowns and a pick and he winds up 11 for 12 Seth for 146 yards and two touchdowns in that second half of the game well in the second half that's what that's the most important part of the game right I mean what you do in the first half is great and certainly if you go out blow blow folks out and you get out to a big lead, that's not our style of play. Nope. <laughs> you got to score points in the second quarter and start blowing people out in the first half. But, yeah, that's, uh, you know, especially the fourth quarter, that's the money quarter. That's where your quarterbacks really kind of build their legacies. And, and Tua's played some pretty good fourth quarters here of late. Juice, what did you think of his kind of transition from that first half where, to me, it looked a little bit rattled in the pocket, kind of speeding the things up. And in that early interception, obviously, I think impacted them a little bit. But what did you see as far as what he was in the first half compared to how he came out in that second yeah, half? Yeah, again, like last week, it took him a little while to settle in because, you know, he came in off the bench. Uh, and then he finally got he had a, all the you know, reps this he, week. He had Juice. all the reps this week. He had and he had an extra couple of days as well. You know, to go out there, he little, little, you know, just a little bit nervous in my opinion. It seemed like that was what I felt. That's what I thought You know, too. going into this game, it's a little bit nervous. Wasn't as precise as we talked about, Big Seth. We yeah. were watching the game in the stands. We're used to him being, you know, more accurate than that. And then I think he did settle in. He settled down. He hung in there. Then he the, I mean, I tell you what, he made some throws today. But the best throw we talked about was the one he threw the water yes. on the sideline. Oh, so when he stood, out there. stood in the pocket, you know, got it right over the defender on the sideline, man. Big boy throw. Great throw right there, man. And you know, Seth called it a big boy throw as it was. Seeing a couple guys down the sideline today, you know, keeping his eyes down the field. So he's settling in really well, Travis, man. And it's nice to see, like, you when you go on the road, everybody's a little bit nervous, especially a young quarterback. And for him to go in there, into this environment, even though, you know, it's nice takeover by a lot of Dolphins out there, still a road game within the division and settle down and then make some plays that, you know, end up leading us to victory. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and temperature was a little bit lower than what he likes, too, I think. <laughs> I, I seem to think, too, it definitely likes that warm weather. I don't know if we got to bring an extra heating pad or something for him out here to get him warmed up earlier on, but but he did settle in. I agree. That's yeah, funny you mentioned that because we're out in the parking lot with our beanies and our gloves and our <laughs> scarves and our They're jackets us on and Twitter. our faces. We were all freezing our butts off. I got yeah. a lot of smack talk out in that parking well, lot. Well, you should because you sat in the press box the entire game, Travis. <laughs> we know, sat out there and grinded it with the real fans. Right, I, can't, I lost count of how many times this week. And OJ McDuffie called me soft, and you know, 
from, from coming from him, the toughest player in the Miami Dolphins over the last 20, 30 years. It kind of legitimizes it, doesn't it? It kind of hurt my soul a little bit, but he's not wrong, so I'm not going to get on him for it. Pacific Northwest guy, man. I know. I mean, come on, bro. Two years in South Florida, thin your blood out real quick, <laughs> fellas. But b- back to, you know, you mentioned Jalen Waddle on that catch. I mean, that was a fantastic throw. I thought the best of the day for Tua. But Waddle's just that dude, man. Like, he, yeah. he creates that separation. He makes those tough, contested catches. And for my money, you guys, he winds up with eight catches on nine targets for 65 yards. I thought he had that one play on the sideline where he was a half step away from oh, going yeah. 70 for a touchdown. That would have blown up his stat line, but he winds up with a big day. But the biggest day comes from Mr. Mac Hollins. Two catches, Return 72 yards, a long touchdown, 65 yards, the longest in the career of Tunga Vailoa. Juice, what did you see on that deep touchdown pass to Mac Hollins? Man, oh, man, two of buying a little more time again in that situation. You know, a lot of times, you know, guys forget about guys like Mac Hollins. And then the next thing you know, he's run down a sideline. When you put so much emphasis on Garden Waddle or Garden Gasicki, you know, Mac Hollins, the guy that usually clears out, and they kind of fell asleep a little bit. And for Mac to get it, and <laughs> Seth and I were like, oh, man, it's underthrown. But Mac to get it and still be able to turn it on and beat the guy to the pylon, very impressive, man. But more importantly, it was impressive to see Tua keeping his eyes down the field and yeah, being able to locate. 100%. A lot of guys would just drop their eyes and, and, you know, check it down or dump it off, you know. But the fact that he was able to keep his eyes down the field and hit him with a strike no matter what – I'm happy, Travis, that it wasn't thrown out of bounds, wasn't overthrown, wasn't way underthrown. You know, get it to him. Don't worry about where they had to slow down a little bit, and that's what Tua did, and Mac was able to get it in the end zone. That was kind of the play that sparked him, right, Seth? 100% it was, and and by the way, that's exactly where we were sitting, so that was great. For those who were listening (laughs) here, Travis was here in in quite a press box here at MetLife. Huge, uh, it makes sense, the media contingency that they have here in New York. But OJ, myself, DJ Preach, we were out there, with the fans sitting about 20 <laughs> rows up and right in that end zone. And so we saw the whole thing develop. Mac was like, it looked like he was running right towards OJ. Yeah. And Tua kept it going. And, uh, you know, he, as Drew said, kept his eyes downfield, which was great to see. You, know, you always use that term, the pocket was a little muddy. Yep. The pocket was a little muddy. He stepped in it and, and, and he saw Mac and he let it go. And, you know, I don't even hate him for it being a little underthrown, Drews, because yeah. of the conditions. And he got it down there. But yeah. can, we, can we talk real quick about the fact of what just happened? Because you got OJ, you play with him, so it's not a big deal to you. <laughs> Seth, you worked for him for a long time. But Jason right. Taylor walking out of the booth right here and dapping me up as I'm doing a Dolphins postgame show after beating the Jets. Yeah. Kind of on cloud nine, guys. He tried to take my hat off, man. <laughs> so he, started, he thought I was a quarterback for a second. Oh, I there, got a blindside hit from behind, too. I thought he was trying to knock my pen out of my hand. You're with not the, the first one set. he's done that, too. No, not, especially not out here. <laughs> no, not at all. So the Dolphins do take this one 24 17. And, you know, again, back to that, that, that kind of game clinching drive there towards the end 25 rushing yards it took him nine carries to get it but it was consistent and that was kind of the case throughout the course of the day we're going to have game balls coming up later on and I'm I've got a couple guys I'm thinking about right now but man the way Miles Gaskin played today the toughness he showed on that touchdown reception late in the game that was juice he, he knew he was running in trouble there and he did not mind going in there at all for that big score man he's so tough to be such a small guy you know he's not a small guy compared to most human beings but for a running back in this league you run up there with those 300 pounders man I mean, man, is he tough. And then you know what? He, he doesn't mind running between the tackles, obviously, because we do that a lot with him, you know, which is shocking considering his size. And um, they tee off on him, they too. They do. He, I mean, he took some shots I mean, it's no today. secret he's that he's getting that ball yeah. first down. You know what? The fact that he suits yeah, up, that knock on wood, every game, man. <laughs> he suits up every game considering the hits that he takes, man. Duke Johnson with some nice runs towards the end there, man. Yeah. So, you know, mixing it up pretty well. But, yeah, uh, Miles, man. Miles is that dude that – you know, I question all the time, why do we keep running between the tackles, man? Because the guy, because he can handle it, you know? Now we're starting to see him bust a little bit more bigger runs later in games, later in drives. 
you know, maybe there is some too where they're just trying to, you know, wear them down a little bit, wear them down a little bit. And our offensive line didn't play well at the beginning, but it seemed like they found a way at the end to, to, to move the ball for us. They, they definitely did. I do, I do a segment on drive time once in a while. It's actually, I haven't done it in a few weeks, but it's the play before the play. And before the 65-yard touchdown pass to Mac Hollins, they're backed up second and 14, and Gaskin gets a run off left tackle. Liam Eikenberg seals that, and Gaskin hits a 20-yard run to, to create a chance for that play. Huge play. And then yeah. they go a nine-yard run to Gaskin, and then boom, 65 yards to Mac Hollins. So the running game was big in this game. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about game balls, drive of the game, plenty more to come here. We'll hear from Flores and Tua Tungavailoa postgame. Again, the final score from MetLife Stadium, Dolphins 24, Jets 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And Seth, we usually start the show off with juice, so we'll come to you on the second segment here kicking this thing off because this has been on your radar pretty much since week one. Opening drive, go right down the field, two of six for six, 61 yards. Waddle takes it around the outside for a touchdown rush. And then the offense and kind of the team goes a little bit flat for about a quarter then we pick it back up in the second half. But the same script again, man, that lull in the second quarter. What do you think? What, what do you come down on this? Because this has been a script all year long. Is there a way to kind of recharge this thing and kind of boot it up in that second quarter and not have this lull. I, I'm going to pick up what Juice normally says. What, what are you asking us? We should be asking them. <laughs> I, it is it is the craziest thing. Uh, whatever they're doing to script that first drive, however many plays they're, they're, they're putting together, Juice, they're doing their homework, right? This Dolphins coaching, this offensive coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job. Go look at what their first drives are all season long, even through the seven-game losing streak, Okay. Maybe they should script like two or three drives. <laughs> I think that they should have a few of them in their back pockets because something's happening in that second quarter, and it's the craziest stuff. How is Jason Sanders bouncing balls off the goalpost every other game right before the half? I don't know what it is. That was 32 yards, too. But if they could find a way to run the clock, do something to – or as I said, turn it into a hockey game where we go three periods instead of four quarters <laughs> because the second quarter has been a thorn in our side the entire season. But let's give it up for two things. One, this is not a very good Jets football team. So thank goodness for that. But also the defense, you know, the defense really, I think, kept the team in the game in the first half because the offense couldn't get things going. You know, the Jets were driving down there early. You talked about it earlier with the, with the Christian Wilkins play. But golly, we sent that pressure, and as well as Flacco handled it for the majority of the day, he didn't handle it on that play, and or neither did the Jets' offensive line because Jones got there. Huge hit on Flacco. There were guys laying on there. It looked like a battlefield at the end of that play. <laughs> guys were laying everywhere, and I don't mean to make fun of anybody who got hurt. Right. But what a great play by Jones coming downhill, playing fast, aggressive, as he always does. Defense forces a turnover there. So kudos to the defense in that second quarter to keep this team in the game. And as you said, the offense, and two in particular, really got things going in this uh, second half. Yeah, I love the aggressive style they play with there defensively. Offensively might be a different story here, and we'll talk to Juice about that. But to, to just keep the pressure on there with that Brandon Jones strip sack that really yeah. kind of changed the course of that game early. And then you saw it throughout the rest of the game and, and, and against Baltimore last week, they are not going to let off the gas when it comes to the defensive pressure. I thought it really helped them out. But, Juice, we, we look at the five games that Tua has started this year for the Dolphins. Or I, I, we removed the Bills game in week two because he didn't play much in that one. But Patriots, Jaguars, Falcons, and Jets games – Opening drive touchdowns against the Bills, it didn't happen. But four out of the five games that he started besides that Buffalo game, they go opening drive touchdowns. And then kind of fall off a little bit there. But I wanted to go to you here because we talk about the aggressiveness on offense or on defense, rather. Kind of a different story on the offense. Yeah, it is. Um, unfortunately, you know, not very many shots taken. Again, um, 
I thought the offensive line played better today. I thought they played a lot better. I thought we had some more opportunities to, to take some shots. But the way it was looking, and I was watching a lot of what they were doing defensively, you know, the Jets came out a lot of cover too, daring us to run the football, you know, making us go up there and see if we can pound it out, you know, play after play after play with Miles Gaskin in the middle. In the beginning, it wasn't working. I mean, after that touchdown, we had, what, interception, punt, 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 missed field goal at the half, before the half. And those are just, you know, wasted opportunities right there to go down there and make plays. So, yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, that, you know, they, they go down there and they get things started. But, man, has it become boring at times. Whereas when you can't run and when a team's playing a cover two shell on you a lot of times, you, you know, we got to figure that out because it's going to happen more and more often. When you see teams have success doing certain things, you know, it's a copycat league. We'll see what happens again next week. Yeah, and not, not just boring, Juice, but frustrating. Frustrating yeah. as hell, quite frankly. You know, you talked about uh, wasted opportunities about wasted plays the drive where we okay you have the missed field goal there the 32 yarder that's missed but what about that drive we talked about the one yard the, the throw out of bounds for one yard the screenplay to gaskin yeah. and he gets out of bounds he has to fight his way thank goodness he gets out of bounds or, or you're, you're probably using a timeout there because the clock is running i mean the I, you know you want to talk about clock management i don't know you can have that conversation but what gets me is with eight seconds left you decide to run one more play you and throw you throw the ball short. You're, you're already in range for a 32-yard field goal, which is supposed to be a chip shot. Obviously, it didn't work out. Maybe we needed Mac to pull that one down. <laughs> but I, why aren't you trying to throw it in the end zone, Drew? Yeah, yeah. What did you see there? Where You said everybody was covered. But, uh, like, why are you not trying to th throw that one last pass into the end zone? Just to set the stage, 106 left in the half there, all three timeouts at the minus 45-yard line. So you really had time, Juice, to oh kind of to make it work. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Timeout. We had plenty of time to, to make it work. It seemed like we started going a little backwards at times. But, you know, the only time we did was we had that one penalty, I believe it was, and we lost a few yards. Um, you know, but at the same time, man, I, we just don't we, – we're – we're content dropping it off in front of defenders, man, instead of putting some heat on guys, you know, behind coverage, you know, in the end zone, verticals. What, about, what bothers me more than anything, Big Seth and Travis, is that I see Mike Kosicki come out of the game a lot of times in those yeah. situations too. Right. Like, I mean, even, even if you're not going to him, it's going to take a couple guys to take him out of those, you know, for them to defend him. You know, you got the one-on-ones, and no, he's out of the game. He's on the sideline. Um, so, yeah, frustrating situation in general that, you know, we get down there, and play selection, you know, personnel, a lot of different things are just not what you expect. And the bottom line is it, we don't like it because it's not working. You know what I mean? So they got to figure this out. I, to me, I think what you look at with the way the offense is rolling right now and, and kind of I think one of the big storylines of the second half of the season, or I don't think, I, I know, and I think you guys would agree with me, that trying to find out what exactly Tua Tungavailoa is going into year number For three sure. is, is almost as important as the rest of the games the rest of the way because you finding out your franchise quarterback is or isn't the solution is obviously a key but the way i look at this game was there is a, a very a very direct grouping of plays and style and system juice that these guys can go to that he has success with and we saw it a few times like even on those third and short plays their rpo look where he fakes the handoff doesn't throw it looks for the first window doesn't throw it and then goes back to the third window and gets the first down that way. Kind of the conflict that RPO game puts on them. Some of the more rolling pockets we saw, I thought, today were great. The pistol, getting, getting him on the move and throwing those kind of lateral throws. I thought that's a very successful grouping. And maybe it's not enough to kind of 
call him a franchise quarterback around just that group. But just in his second year, 23 years old, that's a good sign of one little thing you can kind of put together going forward and hope the rest kind of comes along in the rest of his game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Man, that's what he's comfortable running. You know, everything's pretty much designed by around what they're comfortable with him throwing and what he's comfortable running. So, you know, we might say whatever we want to say as fans or as doing post game or, you know, doing whatever we do with with the team. But at the same time, though, they're doing what they feel he does best and whatever they're comfortable calling as well. I expect one of these crossing routes to come out the back end one time. I expect Waddle to catch one of those shallow five-yard crossers and then end up being a 70-yard run and score for him, you know. We see other quarterbacks get those those beautiful long touchdown passes on short drops, you know, so why shouldn't we get one? And, And that's coming. But like you said, though, I like the fact that we had time to go through progressions. Usually, you know, we got to look one way and get ready to either run or throw it away or he's on the run somewhere. The guys did a nice job there. Give him a little bit more time. You know, now we just got to hit some of those throws, hit some of those big throws. Um, so, I mean, two is coming around, man, you know, and we've got guys that have to help around him. And we got to be able to run the football. And like you said, we're, we're still we're, – our bread's still buttering our defense. They found a way to kind of neutralize a little bit, but they did well enough today to get us off the field when we needed them to. And the one thing that really kind of gets gets me is, and this is maybe more of a social media thing, which I think we've kind of come to learn that social media is not real, right, guys? We saw real-life Dolphins fans this weekend, and what you see on Twitter and what you hear from people at Slattery's or here at the MetLife Takeover mm-hmm. are two completely different things. So Right, so one of them's not real. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so I tend to believe the real life is more real life. Crazy me, I know. But just in looking at kind of Twitter, you know, there's all these excuses about, well, he didn't make – even the touchdown throw, too far under thrown. Like, what are we talking about? Right. It's a 65-yard touchdown. If you can't have fun with that, then maybe this, this game's not for you. So I don't understand that. And then also, you also can't have it both ways where, you know, the offensive line, it is what it is. It hasn't been good this year. And they're, they're, they're trying to get better, trying to put things together and find some continuity. And you hope those guys can develop and, and get better into the rest of the season and year three for a lot of those young offensive linemen. But if the offensive line's not good and the running game's not cranking and you've got a bunch of injured receivers half the time, then something has to be making this offense be able to go for 24 points. And I'm not saying it's all on Tua, but he is overcoming a lot, in my opinion, in certain situations. He's got his own downsides. The interception was terrible, an absolutely terrible throw. But to me, Juice, you talk about how he's coming along. I continue to see more and more things every week that makes me think that the progression's there. And if you try to cut bait on that in just year two, you're making a mistake. Well, I think, yeah, he's, he's growing right in front of our eyes, man. He really is. And, you know, we, you know, we talked about it before in the post game, and probably all week long we talk about, you know, when you go for these long drives, dink and dunks, there's so many opportunities for something bad to happen. You know, that we do trust Tua with the ball. One bad throw today, you know, and, uh, and that would turn into an interception. But for the most part, man, it was pretty, pretty safe in terms of his handling of the football. And that's good. We, some, from our angle, sometimes we're like, oh, I thought he's about to hurt somebody. And you look at the big, you know, the big <laughs> screen or whatever, and you see there's a lot more room, separation from, from our receiver or tight end from a DB. But he's, he's really safe with the ball. When, they, when the ball starts to sell a little bit is when we have problems, man. Or when it gets – when I'm always scared is when it gets deflected at the line of scrimmage. Oh, man. Those never seem to work out very well for us either, man. But I tell you – He's, he's got – he's put a few good games together here. If that continues, man, and then we start continue to build around what he does best, man, I, I think we've, we've got a guy that we can work with and that can win games for us. And, you know, go down there and put that last drive together. Let's talk about – I mean, we, you talked about it a little bit, Big Seth, you know, but bottom line is fourth quarter. Right. What do you do at the end of a game, man? And that was third he, down and he, fourth quarter. He managed the hell out of that fourth quarter. He you did. You know what I mean? And that's all. That, that's important right there, man. Got some big first downs there. A couple short throws, hitting the right guy, moving the chains. You know that was huge, man. Especially at the end to put that 
you know, whatever, six-minute offense together right there. So back to what you're saying, Travis, we're seeing the progression. We're seeing him getting better. He's getting a lot more comfortable. You know, you, they got a lucky break today in terms of that weather, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, we do see something coming from, uh, from Tua Tungvaloa. Not according to the Dolphins podcast network at the MetLife Takeover, we did not have great weather. It was a little bit chilly out there. But <laughs> oh, that we, was we, nothing right there. Run all day in that, dog. I enjoyed it, but we were prepared for it, yeah, for sure. My, my I took off two layers <laughs> as we got up here in the booth. <laughs> my favorite part was getting off the plane, and Juice walks out and says, oh, you can run in this. This is good stuff. And then he goes and puts his jacket on and his, and his, and his earmuffs, getting all, all cozy up outside in this uh, frigid, appreciate the earmuffs. These frigid yeah, New York good. temperatures. But we're going to talk about plenty more here. I want to talk to you guys about some officiating because I was very concerned by a few of these calls that happened today. I want to know your take on that vantage point on the on the muff punt that was negated oh. i thought that was questionable oh. we'll come back talk about that here from brian flores here from tua tunga vailoa and plenty more get your new volvo with gunther plus at gunther volvo cars at coconut creek or online at gunther for car buying done your way you gotta get to gunther again the final score from metlife stadium dolphins 24 jets 17 you're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the miami dolphins radio network brought to you by the palm beaches Give your game day menu the perfect kick of spice with Old El Paso. Try recipes the whole team will love, like slow cooker cheesy chicken enchilada bean dip. I know you like that one, Juice. Air fryer beef taquitos or carnitas mini taco bowls. Visit oldelpaso.com for the recipes, these recipes, and more game day favorites. Old El Paso taco together. And I want to go back to your guys' vantage point because I think you mentioned that the Miles, or the, not Miles, the Mac Hollins touchdown occurred right in front of you. So that must have meant that the muff punt call occurred in front of you yes, as well. So this is getting beyond crazy to me because we've had how many of these situations this year? The Jacksonville one off the fingertip where you can see his finger go back, doesn't get overturned. The missed one off the Falcons player's foot, that didn't hit him, but it was so close that you kind of add to this, this list here. There was another one a couple weeks ago that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember there was something that happened on a muff punt. And then today, you do get was a muff it punt. It might have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. It was the Cole Beasley one. And then this, this game, you do get the muff punt. You do get the recovery. And no one contacted him, Juice. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it contact or is it the halo? Why is the, that a penalty? Juice yeah, says there's, there's no, no halo, halo anymore. Now they yeah. were up in his grill. They, they were, were definitely. They were in definitely. His face. But he actually kind of split him when he fell with the ball. You know what I mean? I thought it was. I thought it was a bad call. I think the referee that made the call thought there was contact, even though there wasn't. There was no contact. Yeah, because there's definitely you no know, the halo. This been gone. You can be right up in somebody's face as much as you want, as long as you don't, you know, you know, obviously contact them. So I don't know, man. I, I was saying the same thing. You know that you know that we. We don't get a lot of those calls. We never do it. I don't want to bitch and moan about it, you know, but it seems like that's the norm for us. But that was well, a when huge you win right and you talk about it being bad calls, you're not bitching and moaning. Well, exactly. It's when you lose and you're just well, crying. Yeah, think about that play, though. We get that, we recover that muff, and we're, Game you know, we're, yeah, we're in, Game the, in the red zone ready to go in and score, you know. So that's a, that's a tough deal, man. So, and I saw a few calls that were a little bit tough, but that one there is one of the toughest ones because of what it would have done and to change the field position for us right there. Now, that we had a couple of those pick plays called against us, Juice, but you felt those were good calls. I thought they were, I thought they were solid. I thought, you know, Mike's, Mike's call first, Gasicki, I thought that it uh, looked like he was really blocked. He's got to be a better actor than that. <laughs> you know, he's got to be a better back. He actually would have both hands on the guy in front of him that gave us that little bit of an, of an edge. And then Waddle was definitely, like, blocking downfield on a nice play down the field. So our pick plays were where they were, and, and their pick plays <laughs> didn't get called at all. So and the one that Gasicki. The thing I that know. got me is that we didn't even get the first. We, we wouldn't have the first down anyway. Short. I think we're going to cheat, cheat wow. to win. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Right. You, I'm glad you mentioned the blocking downfield because on the on the long one to Albert Wilson, Durham Smythe was engaged in a block. And I'm wondering, Juice, is that 
Is that something where, because it looked like Tua came off of the read that he was supposed to make, which was right. the flat. It was layers, right? They had a underneath, a mid, and an over-the-top route, and the over-the-top route became open, and Tua, you actually watch him check the flat like, oh, no, that's, that's covered. I'm going to go up top. And Durham's in that mid-level, and he's blocking. Is there a, a, a certain way that he can know I can't make contact on this guy because Tua still has the football, or is he just blocking because he thinks it's already out in the flat? Yeah, it shouldn't. He shouldn't be blocking at all if he's in the pattern. You know, he really shouldn't. And he's got to be still looking to get open somehow. If the ball hasn't been thrown yet, he really needs to try to find a, a window for Tua in that situation. But guys, you know, blocking down. And, and, unless, I mean, unless it's a screenplay call, you know, and sometimes when we do run screens, we'll have guys on the pattern. Unless it's a screenplay called, then you should never be blocking downfield, especially in that second level. First level, maybe, because you're thinking, you know, you got an opportunity right there to, to free a quarterback. But when you're second tier, definitely not third tier, you know, you definitely shouldn't be blocking. So I don't, I don't get it sometimes. And we had issues on offense a couple times, you know, with stuff like that. We lined up. We had lineup problems again yes, a couple times, man. So um, we still got some things to work out. Well, as what offense. is going on with that, guys? Yeah. Alignment yeah. assignment, right? Like that's – It's still – If I know that. Yeah, yeah. Alignment assignment. Most, Seth, you're listening most to those of the time, it's, it's, I love most the of the time it involves Waddle, which is what I, what I worry about more than anything. It seems to happen uh, – last week it, w- it seemed better. Oh, it was great last on week. On a short week. It Juice. was great last week, yeah. And you got 10 days, and I, I saw it again. There was a play where they, they were getting down close to the, to the play clock there, and – they had, or there was a running clock at the end of the half, and they had guys switching sides of the formation, yeah. and then you go in motion. It's unbelievable. You're, you're eating a valuable, valuable time. But there. Tua did take command, so I, you know, because the last time we saw it, it was Mike Kosicki who was trying to get he everybody straight yeah. away. Did he? So tell me about it. I didn't uh, see it on that particular yeah. on that play that you're talking about, because I think he he moved <laughs> Matt Hackett. Collins from from the right hash to the to far left side because he wanted Waddle and he hit Waddle with the, the slant. slant. Is that right, Juice? That's right. So. Tua knew who we wanted to go to, and I think he told everybody else who we wanted to go to, but then again, he said that in the press conference this week. Everybody knows <laughs> right. on third down who we're going to. So he's not, you know, Bernie Kosar told us this. It's going to be on our Fish Tank podcast this Tuesday. Sometimes you got to line up and say, I know you watched film, and you know what I'm going to do, and I'm telling you what I'm going to do, and I'm still going to do it. <laughs> and do that it. was one of those plays. But you're right. Why can't we just come out of the – why can't we break the huddle and get to where we're supposed to be? Bro, it's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. What I did see today, though, we did a lot of shift, motion again, set – Another guy in motion. So they're trying to progress this whole offense, especially with some of the young guys. Is that a lot for young guys to It start? is a lot. It is okay. a lot because who knows what the verbiage is on that. But sometimes if you're starting on the left side, you're going to most to the right side, you're going to reset to the left. There's a lot going on, especially for young guys. And so maybe in fairness to Waddle, is it fair to say, because I've heard you say it, we heard the coaching staff say it. I know on, on drive time this week I heard the, the receivers coach talk about they've put a lot on Waddle's plate. They line him up in a lot of different spots. They ask him to do a lot of different things. Is it possible sometimes that you're going to get a mental bust from a young guy? Absolutely. Absolutely you are, and it's going to take some time. Because think about it, too, man. We add plays every single week. Yep, right. Yep. Every time we play a team, we're adding plays, yeah. taking something out that didn't work last week, but it's always new plays. So like that halfback dive to Miles Gaskin. Yeah. I hadn't seen that one all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. It's a new play. But bottom line is, yeah, you got to – It worked late, though. You, it's a lot of film study and a lot of, a lot of meetings to make sure you're in the right place at the right time. I'll never forget you, the, the – not Hard Knocks, but the other show, the uh, All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. The very first year of it, they had the Arizona Cardinals. The year they went to the NFC Championship game and got beat. And Bruce Arians was talking about a rookie running back they had, David Johnson. He had a phenomenal rookie season in the second year, and he was slowly building to it. They let him return kicks, and he took a couple of kickoffs back for a touchdown and had some big plays in, the, in like a week two game. And they showed a clip of him talking to a coach from the other side, and he said, by about Thanksgiving, we're going to make him the bell cow. We don't want to get his head too big yet, something like that. And so I, I think about that a lot in relation to the Dolphins 
Jalen's rookie class because they, they are playing a lot, but we saw Jalen Phillips in the preseason dropping into coverage a lot, right? And that was a big part of his game. Yep. We saw Javon Holland kind of take a back seat to Jason McCourty early in the season. And then Jalen Waddle, we've seen him kind of expand what he's doing, playing more on the outside, like Josh Grizzard spoke about last week, the Dolphins receivers coach. So as you get close to Thanksgiving here, Juice, and I think you talked about this on one of the bus rides this weekend, how you were only returning kicks your first year, right, right. for the most part. So when you talk about a young player kind of getting into the league and getting into the game, is there something to making it simple on you early on versus being putting more on your plate, and does that just kind of grow and expand each week? Yeah, exactly, man. It's, it's, it's tough. One thing I did for myself was, you know, I had a little time. I had a little time to learn every position, you know, all five wide receiver positions. I was able to have time to learn them, and then I, towards the end of the season, I worked it on third down a little bit more. At the, then, at the end, then I got some, you know, first down reps where I wasn't just on the inside. So it, it is. Just, they're just going to start stacking stuff on top of it. You know, and if you can build from all the other p stuff that we did at the beginning of the season, from lineup situations to whatever the motion might be, to him even playing multiple positions, um, all these guys should play every single position at wide receiver. There's no reason for everybody not to know every single position. You meet enough, you watch enough film, you do enough things where you should be able to go out there and play every single position. So we see that Wallace starting to get more opportunities. He's getting more, having more responsibility, more on his plate. And uh, he's a go-to guy. If you can move him around, it makes it even more impossible to guard him. And that's what you want to make, uh, make happen. You know, you move him in motion, you shift him, you do different things. Who's guarding him? Are you doubling him here? Are you doubling Mike? That's the whole point of all that stuff. It's a little confusion and then find the best mismatch. And I think we're starting to get there a little bit. Definitely are. We sh hopefully in a few weeks here getting some reinforcements as we kind of get the offense. We've been talking about it all year. Let's see if they can find a rhythm and get some, some games together and start scoring some serious points and really kind of play complimentary style football with that defense. You want to jump in, Seth? Well, no, I was going to say, I mean, they were averaging 18 points a game coming into this, and they scored 24. So on the surface, we, we wanted them to come out and blow out the Jets because of how, look, you know, I'm not going to uh, mince words here. The Jets have been terrible yeah. on defense all year, historically bad. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to see more, but they were better than they have been. The Dolphins were better than what they have been this year. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but the reality is, is they didn't come out and, and, and give you 13 points and struggle to, to win the game. You know, they put 24 up on the board. We want to score more than that. But as you said, it is progress. It is a road win. And it's three in a row, folks. Enjoy three that. In three in a row. That is called a winning streak. If you haven't seen Major League before, it has happened before <laughs> and it happened here again. And just to kind of put a bookend on that note, you know, I like to make these excuses and say I'm not making excuses, but I'm going to do it again anyways. You talk about 24 points, 32-yard missed field goal. That's usually money in the bank, so that's 27 if you get that. And then you can add four more points if you just uh -oh. punch that last play into the end zone there. On that here we go. It's starting to sound like Tom Oliver <laughs> dies. Just, <laughs> just these few mistakes that if they can just find a way to get them corrected. for those two 80-yard runs, we were fierce against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good time to get out. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars, Delray Beach, or online at GuntherVolvo.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from MetLife Stadium, Dolphins 24, Jets 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. The Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the NFL, and you will not miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Before we go to head coach Brian Flores right here real quick, there's a topic that Seth is dying to talk about, one of his favorite players in the game. What do you got, Seth? Well, listen, you were talking earlier about the punting game and some calls that didn't go our way. 
Can we talk about Michael Pilardi for a second? I mean, just for a second, yes. Clearly, his best game is a Dolphin, <laughs> right? I mean, four kicks, 191 yards, 47.8 average. He got one inside the 20 juice, but I, I think he hung a lot of them up there. They had to be fair catches. And quite frankly, as you said, we should have had another turnover. Right. So uh, we've been tough on Pilardi. You know, we, we, through our text messages, a little bit on air, we've been tough on Pilardi. He came out here ready to play. That's a South Florida guy. He knows what Jet Week means. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That has been Potential your fish tank ball, punting guy. talk. It's a segment we're going to run here, I think, from <laughs> now on. Let's go ahead and quit messing around and get the head coach, Brian Flores, who is live at the podium right now. It's fair to get a third straight win and a road win in the division. Uh, you know, I think it's always good to, to, to win. Our guys played hard for 60 minutes. We knew it would be a tough game and a tough environment against a tough team. Uh, that's what we got. Uh, we were able to make enough plays um, or a few more plays than they made. Brian, this is another game where you guys are able, able to generate those chunk plays. We've passed you a lot um, in the run and the pass game. What do you think has worked, worked, worked today and has worked in recent weeks? Uh, I think just I think it's really a, a, a series of things, good preparation, in um, meetings and walkthrough and practice, uh, execution and practice, and then um, that, you know, gives you a chance to execute the game. So um, we're seeing some of that. Um, not, and I think, uh, you know, and we made enough today. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll just keep preparing um, the way we've been preparing and uh, try to sprint, uh, string, string good, good days together. Miles said that you guys had a good week of practice. You've, you've sort of piggybacked on that, obviously, your head coach. What does a good week of practice look like? Uh, good energy, good preparation. You know, when I ask questions in a meeting, guys have the answers. Um, they have a good understanding of what we're trying to do, um, what our opponent's strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so when asked, they can answer. And then it looks like they understand, um, you know, the things that we talked about in, in meetings, in practice. So that's kind of generally, that's, that's kind of the, the thinking. What led first to the sloppiness of the first half and then the way the team played in the second half? Uh, you know, I think it always comes down to execution. Um, so our operation, getting in and out of the huddle, offensively, defensively, in the kicking game, communication, um, and look, you got to give credit to the to the to the Jets. I mean, they created some situations that forced um, you know, some some communication issues for us. Um, I thought they did a nice job and had a, had, a, had a nice game plan. So you know, credit to them. They played hard. They uh, um, made some plays for sure, and um, you know, we just made a few more plays than they did. I think we always want to be creative, really, in all, all three phases. Um, and, you know, we, you got to practice them, you got to feel good about them. Um, about running them from practice, and um, you know that's we felt good about. You know some of the plays we ran today, we ran them, had some success. Some of them we you know we didn't really uh, get executed the right way. Um, I'm thinking about the one in the uh, low red, but uh, I think again we did enough. We always want to be creative um, and try to um, you know run plays that are going to get us positive plays, and you know, some of those kind of trick plays. Um, 
allow us the opportunity to do that. How did you feel about the execution at the end of the half? I'm sure you wanted to come away with points and must have been disappointed. Yeah, I mean, we had an opportunity to kick a field goal. Uh, Jason missed it, but, um, you know, Jason came right back and, um, you know, made one at the end when we needed it. So, um, with Tuna's performance, obviously we saw a 65-yard touchdown pass. Uh, he threw the interception early. Where would you assess where he is right now after dealing with all that he's dealt with this season and finally returning the starter? I think it's, you know, I think he's getting better every time he steps out on the field. I think um, I think he made some good, a lot of good decisions today. Uh, I thought we moved the ball you know, pretty efficiently, especially in the second half. Um you know, those drives in the second half are, are big drives, and um, I think we you know, we answered um, their score with a score, uh, and then we were able to go up two scores with the, with the, with the next drive. So, um, and you know, two was leading the way from that standpoint. So, I think he's he's playing well. I think we need to, or he played well today, uh, and he made enough. Obviously, there's some throws he wishes he had back. I'm sure some decisions he wishes he had back. I mean, I think we all feel that way. That's how everybody feels after a game. But um, he. Uh, he made enough plays for us to win. Brian, I know you're from. Oh, go ahead, Al. I'm sorry. I have to ask you about your shirt. It seems like you're paying tribute today. Yeah, my uncle's a fireman. Um, or he was a fireman. He's retired now. He was uh, very instrumental in my life. Um, and he gave me this shirt. You know, his uh, work for Ladder 118, they were one of the first firehouses to go in um, in 9 11. And you know, no one came out of there. So. Um, he's been uh, very instrumental. He introduced me to football. Um, so I gave him a shirt, and I figured it would be a good time to wear it. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I'll beat you to it. I'm just polite. <laughs> on, that, the, the, on, that, on that drive where you guys held possession for six minutes and drove the length of the field and, and Gaskin scored, how important is it to actually use your four-minute offense and and eat up that much possession of the clock? I think at the end of the game, anytime, uh, well, at the end of the game, you know, with the lead, uh, you know, time is, uh, we got to do, we, we want to always want to do a great job of kind of milking the clock, using, using as much time as possible. Uh, you know, when you're on the other side of it, you want to conserve as much time as possible. So, you know, those, you know, that fourth quarter and that time of possession in the fourth quarter and really the second half is a very important, something to talk about. We were able to execute it today. Um, I thought we ran the ball. I thought we you know, picked up some third downs, some short yardage plays. Um, everyone contributed to that. It was Miles, Duke Johnson, uh, Waddle, uh, Durham. I think you know, we got contributions from a lot of different guys. And, we were able to you know, string good plays together. And that's, you know, that's what we talked about, just stringing good plays together. Um, not having one good, one bad. That's not, that doesn't get it done in this league. You've got to string them together. We were able to do that and you know, punch it in at the end. And those are the winning points. I know it's right after the game. Do you have any updates on Jamal Perry and um, Brent Scarlett? Obviously, both were ruled out pretty quickly. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, well I, mean, I don't want to, well, we got to run some tests. I think, you know, before we, um, I don't want to give an initial diagnosis and you know and come back and tell you it was different tomorrow. So, um, but yeah, both guys are ruled out. We'll uh, we'll you know, 
go through the uh, gamut of tests, X-rays, MRIs, etc., and try to. Uh, you know, hopefully, it's it's not that bad, but you know, we'll, we'll have more information after we after we uh, run those tests. So there's head coach Brian Flores. We'll come back and react to that. We'll hear from quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. We'll do the drive of the game, game balls, and plenty, plenty more coming your way on the fifth quarter postgame show. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars, Coconut Creek, or online at GuntherVolvoCars.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from MetLife, 24-17. Miami takes their third straight. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more. Even better the second time you do it, only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Guys, we heard from head coach Brian Flores to close out that last segment. And Big Seth's takeaway here. We always got to come back, come to you, <laughs> Seth, for the press conference uh, follow-up. What are your thoughts I there on Brian Flores? Love you know, people are a little rough on Coach Flores here on Twitter, talking about it wasn't an exciting press conference. And I know I know that uh, the, the Miami Dolphins beat doesn't particularly uh, get excited about some of those answers. I feel like his press conference was a little bit of like today's game. You know, he didn't start real fast. It wasn't particularly strong early on, but uh, I thought he finished incredibly. The story about his uncle and the, the firefighter was, was uh, fantastic, and I thought he gave some interesting things there. But look, here's the bottom line, guys. We saw the most open and honest and introspective Brian Flores that we've ever seen in three years during that seven-game losing streak. So do you want, like, exciting press conferences and losing streaks? Nope. Or do you want to win games and yep. get short answers that are coach speak? That one. You know, make that decision right there. But what I really – what stood out to me, um, all kidding – well, I don't say I'm kidding, but getting to what people want to hear, I like that when he said, hey, we answered their score with yes. the score. Because, yes. look, you're not going to shut out every team. And, and, you know, even this defense, as good as, as they've been playing the last few weeks, they're not going to shut out every team. But when they do give up a score, you want your offense to go right back down and erase that. And, and that's what, you know, he, he said it, coach said it, that team did it today, and I think it was the difference of the game. Yeah, and I think not only did they go down and answer, man, it was like, a, um, you know, such a big-time drive man. that did it as well, you know. And we've seen it happen on our end. Our offense might score, and then the defense comes right back. But it was nice to see our offense respond. And not only that, but put a hell of a drive together, man. It kept that defense, the Jet defense, on the field for a long time, get a lot of our guys into the, you know, the whole play calling in that situation and go down there and find a way to get in the end zone, man. It was – it, it's one of those things again, Travis. You talk about a long drive after that, you know. I, I get worried the longer it goes, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, you know, they kept staying in good position. I mean, they got behind the chains a little bit early, and I think in that drive. But otherwise, it was you know second and six, second and seven, uh, second and two, third and one, second and four, third and four, you know, first and five, second and four. Th those are great situations, you know, in, in order to keep a drive alive and trying to go from distance. When you start looking at Second and 10 or more, third, third and 10 or more, then we're in trouble. But they stayed ahead of the chains and marched right down the field. And more importantly, they answered. They, they did answer. Had a few chains. direct snaps there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a few too many for my liking, yeah. but they did answer at the end. They sure did. In about 13, 14 minutes of game clock in those final two drives, they ate up to give them the 33 minutes and 35 second advantage over the Jets, 26 minutes, 25 seconds time of possession. But you just kind of look at the overall stats from this game. It, I mean, it was pretty much close across the board. Dolphins 8 for 14 on third down, Jets 7 for 14, 388 yards for Miami, 380 for the Jets, 21st downs for Miami, 18 to the Jets. So they it was close, but Miami er narrowly edged them in all these statistics. And, you know, that kind of goes back to your point, Seth, about the complimentary style of football. But one thing I wanted to go to, Juice, here in regards to what Brian Flores talked about in his 
press conference was, you know, a reporter, a great question, I thought. I don't, I don't know who it was, but it was a great question, who mentioned that Miles Gaskin had said they Might had have a— Might have been Omar. Maybe. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, you know, nothing's impossible. Uh, but it was a good week of practice is what Miles Gaskin talked about, and then Brian Flores said it. So the reporter said, you know, you guys both mentioned that, like what makes a good week of practice. And he said that the guys had good answers to the questions when they asked him. And it reminded me about one of my favorite stories about Brian Flores when he first got hired here was that, you know, he took this situational football and, and just kind of being on top of guys in the mental aspect of practice and walkthroughs and meetings where he'll walk by and say, hey, it's third and two on the plus 42-yard line, minute 35 to go, and what do you do in the situation? And, and guys have to come up with answers in the yeah. spot. What do you think about that? Like as a player, did that help you kind of stay sharp if the coach was on top of it like that? Yeah, you know, I've never really had it that way. I had my position coach always quiz. We got so many quizzes and we got quizzes the night before a game, but in meetings, not necessarily. But I mean, it's important because honestly, you know, I'd like for the second and third string guys to hear these answers, get these answers right too, because you never know when they're going to be called into the game. But it's good that guys are not sleeping in meetings, they're paying attention to everything that's going on, you know, they're getting the checks correct. Even on defense, I saw maybe one time I saw where there might have been a little confusion, and I think Flacco went the other way with it. Um, but at the same time, though, with all that we do defensively, with all the motion that comes out there, you see guys in the correct position where they're supposed to be, and they look comfortable. They don't look like they're scattered out there. So, yeah, I think it's great that, you know, Coach Flo, especially probably on the defense side of the ball, I don't know how much he might do it on the offensive side, <laughs> but he definitely knows what's going on on the defensive side. If he sees a guy in a, in a motion, in a situation, they go trips over here, ask a young Javon Holland, like, what do you think? What do you have right here if we check to this? What are you going to check to with my free safety right here? What, what are you going to put us in defensively here? And guys getting the right answer, man, that, that prep is – the mental prep is a lot of times bigger than the physical prep, especially this late in the season. So looks like guys are starting to get it mentally. And they're able to go out there and do it in practice. And then, again, you know, we're seeing it happen on Sundays. Remember, though, we've heard him have good practice before. And it didn't look like it, you yeah. know, on Sunday. And he, yep. was, he was – I had him more frustrated than anything. Right. You know, so the fact that they had a good week of practice to go out there and execute, a little bit of a lull, but finish the game strong, I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for as a, as, a, as a head ball coach. You know, and uh, Coach, coach Flo is starting to get the results that he's seeing in practice on game day. And it's a big reason for why they value players that, can, that are smart players and value, you know, the intelligence they have on the football field so much. We kind of saw it come into play here today in this game. Real quick before we get out, I just saw the Washington State-Washington spread next week. We are favorites <laughs> against the Huskies next week. Let's go. Apple Cup, 4,000 days since our last victory. We're going to get it this time man. around. 4,000 days. 4,000 days. Seven years, Juice. Let, let's pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Faithful. WQAM Miami. WPOWHD2 Miami. WKIS. WKIS HD1 and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. <laughs> We're still going to hear from Tua Tunga-Vailoa. We're going to get to the drive of the game, give out some game balls. Plenty more to come here on the fifth quarter post-game show. Miami Dolphins fans, are you ready for game day? With Cheez-It, you can choose your perfect game day snack. Made with 100% real cheese for a deliciously cheesy snack experience. So stock up on all your favorite flavors, and we'll see you back here at your favorite game. Again, the final score from MetLife, Dolphins 24, Jets 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.